Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Friendings. My name is Sabina, and I'm here to take a look at the end of friendships, how that loss is experienced, grieved, and made sense of over time. It's not something we tend to talk about, and I'd like to change that. Hello, welcome back to Friendings. I am here with another guest. I cannot believe this streak, this lucky streak I'm having with guests. Um, Women are wanting to talk about their friendships and I am so here for it. I will let my guest introduce herself and launch straight into her story. Thanks so much for tuning in. I am so curious to hear some more about what she has to share. Without further ado, over to you. <laughs> Thank you, Sabina. Hi, uh, my name is Claire and I'm here today to um, chat about my experiences with uh, a friending. Um, this, I have to say, is very similar to a lot of other loss of friendships that have happened to me in the past. And so a lot of that is about how I react to the end of the friendship, but, but more on that later. With um, this particular friend, I'm going to call her Pink. Nice. Pink's, uh, you know. What's your favourite Pink song? Bit out there. <laughs> I love all of them. I think they're great. Yeah. Just, just love her whole persona. Yeah. So um, Pink's pretty full on and so my Pink was pretty full on too. Um, it was a friendship that started through uh, some mutual acquaintances and um, I don't know if you've experienced some friends who are super super uh, enthusiastic and they really want to be your friend they're sort of possibly a little bit over enthusiastic so they come on strong at the start yeah very and nothing was too much trouble Um, very kind and generous person um, quite giving but really uh, feeling like that there was a really, really strong connection between us. And I always, from history, tend to take a bit of a back seat with friendships. I'm not very proactive in trying to establish new friendships. So when someone obviously wants to be friends with me and the way that they portray that is with great enthusiasm and great interest in a lot of the things that I was interested in, I was very flattered. And so we we started this very good, it turned into a friendship that I really treasured and valued because of the similarities that we had in common around things that we enjoyed doing. I mean, it's great to have friends who are totally different from you, but it's also really great to have friends that share similar interests. So it was a really strong beginning. And I think on some conscious level or unconscious level, maybe, I think I believed that this was the sort of friend that would be in my life forever. Mm. And I know, I know that, you know, I don't, I don't do forever. And yet I think on some unconscious level, I thought it was going to be a friendship that would last. So when you say you don't do forever, like with any friends, you don't have it, like in terms of your current friendships, do you have some long-standing friends? 
Yeah, but I think it's um, it's it's not a reality to use that word in conjunction with any relationship because we can all think that we've met our best friend or the love of our lives, uh, but the reality is is that life changes and what you think is a given at one point in your life is no longer a given at another point in your life. Yeah. So that's why I don't do the forever word in, in any respect of any relationship. I'm very sensible. <laughs> well. <laughs> and yeah. so is this a fairly like a recent friendship then? Uh, it developed probably six or seven years ago and it probably ended three years ago approximately. Okay. So... For me, the experience of having somebody in my life that was interested in the things that I was interested in doing, I felt there was a mutual connection happening here. So I was very perturbed to start to feel that something had shifted and changed and that was not on my part at all. That was solely on the part of Pink. So Pink was no longer as enthusiastic as she used to be. So I wouldn't hear from her as much. There was not as much uh, communication. Uh, We started to not spend as much time together as we had. So I had a very strong sense of something had changed. Mm. But I didn't know what because nothing had changed for me. I still was highly engaged in this friendship that meant an awful lot to me. And to be experiencing the feelings that I was of things changing, I was at a loss to explain it. Yeah. There was no obvious reason why things had changed to the degree that they had. And I think that the initial feeling that a lot of us get when things like this happen is... I mean, I certainly went into hope mode that things would magically change back again to to what they were. But after a period of time, I had to, you know, smarten up and realise that the reality was, was that things had definitely changed. So I had, I had a couple of options the way that I saw it. And one option was to continue in this friendship, which wasn't what it used to be or to actually do what felt like the harder thing to actually approach uh, Pink and talk to her. So that's that's what I did. But you did. Yeah, that's what I did. Brave. I, I, went, uh, I went to talk to her. I was very calm. I was very objective, I suppose. I wasn't kind of being emotional and I just wanted to know what the reason was so I just stated the fact that that um, I felt that our friendship had changed and that I wanted to know you know if she could tell me why that was because I was really struggling with dealing with the disappearingness I know that's not a word but I've just made that one up Uh, (laughs) disappearingness of my friendship I didn't really mind what she said in response to my question but I was very clear on the fact that I wanted her to be honest Mm. I wouldn't have liked for her to say oh well you know 
sorry, Claire, but the novelty's worn off. I'm not as into doing the things with you as I was or any reason like that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have liked it, but I would have, I would have accepted it. Yeah. And then I think had I been given the truth, I could have then done a much better job of moving on than I actually did. So I was assured by Pink that everything was fine, nothing had changed, you know, I was still important in her life and she cared about me and having been well and truly reassured that everything was fine in our friendship, I then went away with a very good feeling, a very positive feeling and a big sigh of relief because I figured now that I talked about it, things would go back to normal. The thinking leaving that conversation, was it, oh, I might have imagined that? Or was it that, well, no, something is going on. And okay, she hasn't admitted to it, but maybe having had this conversation will kind of get things back on track anyway. I think the first. So you thought you were imagining it? Yeah, because of the response I got. Or maybe not totally imagining it, but maybe making more of it. Just being a bit sensitive. Oh yeah, well, <laughs> that's <clears throat> that's one of my um, one of my attributes is being sensitive. Right. And so I do, and I know that about myself. But ha- even having that knowledge, it doesn't always translate into something that you can change or feel you know you have an emotional reaction to something and your rational brain is going oh you know get over it like you know don't give yourself a hard time just move on and my sensitive emotional side is going but but you know i'm really upset and and for me i always have to understand why shit happens and if i don't understand it i find it very difficult to accept it Absolutely. So, yeah, so that day I came away feeling much lighter and feeling much happier and very hopeful for the continuation of the friendship mm. into the future. Well, what happened was, was that nothing changed. So there was no reconnection to the level that there was before. So before, yeah. was it like equal kind of outreach from both of you? Yeah, and then, so the difference was you were the one doing the outreach. Yeah. And she stopped doing that. Yeah. And then was she responding to your outreach or she stopped doing that as well? Oh, she would respond. But what happens with me in that situation is as soon as I get the tiniest idea that I'm not as welcome as I used to be, then I back off. Yeah. I retreat. I have never been able to push myself on to people I've never been comfortable doing that so any any slight thought that I might not be welcome then it's like well I'm out here kind of thing can I just say because it sounds like um I'm getting a sense that you're you know when you say well that is a thing that I have I'm sensitive and and also yeah I do tend to back off and like for me that's like healthy human behavior you know to be sensitive is better than being insensitive right and to not push yourself onto people because you're, you're kind of reading that they need some space, that's like respectful, healthy behaviour. Yes, I agree. Yeah. But, and there's a but. Go on. <laughs> of course, there's always a but. Yeah, well, that's right. So 
yeah, I totally agree with what you've just said, but there's a hanging on effect to that feeling of emotional rejection. Yeah. If there was a master's degree in rumination, yeah. I, I would have it, right? <laughs> yeah. Because I experience these things, I am emotionally hurt and distressed, and like I mentioned before, my practical rational side is, is kind of going, what's all the fuss about? But my emotional side, and this is something I want to learn how to do in the not-too-distant future, my emotional side actually won't let go of it. So I go over stuff. Yeah. I've been over the conversation that I had with her to the point of ridiculousness. Yeah. And by doing that, the outcome's not any different. I don't feel any better. No. It's just like being on the hamster wheel and you just run around and around and around until you just feel sick and fall off. Mm-hmm. So it's a disconnect between the rational brain and the emotional. They don't kind of meet in the middle, they don't kind of relate well together because the practical side thinks that I'm the one, I should be the one with all the power because what I'm saying makes sense. Whereas the emotional one is having all these feelings all by herself and none of it really makes sense but it's still happening and yet I haven't learnt how to to stop that. So sensitivity is great. But if sensitivity spills over into those areas where you are actually suffering a lot because of your sensitivity and you've not learned the life skills Mm. to direct Mm. that sensitivity or to direct that acceptance of what the reality of what's actually happened is, Mm. then you're up shit creek, really, because you just continue to ruminate over something that's upset you and you're unable to let it go yeah that that's horrible it's it is horrible i think yeah yeah, i can relate to that that's the shit that keeps you up at night and you're like oh my god why am i still thinking about this nothing new is being introduced here no you're not getting any new insights no not a one so you didn't hear from her really after this conversation and you're like oh my god it's still happening the friendship i think was still there from her perspective because she'd given me all these reassurances and assurances that you know nothing had changed but I knew that things had changed and I knew that things for me had changed big time and after going to her and asking her that direct question and then being told that everything was fine when it wasn't that totally killed me you know I was just so distressed at the fact that I had gone to see her and talked to her and then I'd been led a bum steer that's the way it felt to me yeah because after that nothing actually changed so was the thought fuck I was bloody right and she wasn't honest with me bing yes and (laughs) was that the distressing thing that shit I put myself out there and she couldn't actually be honest with me. Exactly. Yeah. That that was the thing. And that is distressing because? It's distressing because not being honest is often a real default that a lot of people go to if they supposedly don't want to hurt your feelings yeah. or they don't want to be upfront about what is actually happening. Yeah. And I've observed that behavior in other situations with other friends and other social situations 
So I'm well aware that people do it. I understand to a point why they do it. But what they don't understand is when somebody like me is asking you to be honest, then I need, I need you to be honest because that's kind of the only way I can come to terms with what's happening or what has happened. So I didn't deal at all well with that feeling of being told something that I didn't feel was true. What happened for me then was I retreated. I went backwards big time because I honestly felt like I'd been lied to. Yeah. We would still see each other occasionally. Like in group settings? Yeah. I found it incredibly difficult to even be in the same space as her. I felt really uncomfortable and that got to a point where I simply didn't want to be in the same space as her because I was so distressed at my perception of her lack of honesty. There was a communication at one stage because she had no idea what I was going through. No. Like, but what was she like when you did see each other? Oh, fine. Friendly. Yeah, yeah. Nothing untoward. I was the one who was going through all of this emotional distress, this mm. feelings of rejection, of withdrawing from the friendship. But I think she still thought we were friends. Yeah. I don't think she had a clue what was going on for me. So, yeah, as I said, it made it really difficult to, to socially uh, interact we did actually have some communication at one stage via text message because I had said to her that I felt she hadn't been honest and the comeback I got was a complete justification on her part and a denial. According to her, she had never been dishonest in her entire life, you know. <laughs> That was kind of what she was yep. conveying. I mean, maybe not quite as literal as that. And so, in terms of justification, was it kind of like, look, I've just been busy and or whatever? No. But how did she explain the drop in? Well, she never did. But the thing that was interesting, when I was friends with her, there was another story that I had been uh, introduced to by Pink. She told me about this other situation that had happened some time ago with a group of close friends who did a lot of things together, were very connected, a bunch of highly intelligent women yeah. with communication skills. Mm. She told me this story about what had happened and how that friendship group suddenly was no longer mm. I was really struggling to understand how it was that these women couldn't sort it out, were not able to discuss it and resolve it and accept it and continue their friendship. I really value my friendships. I at times feel a bit bewildered as to why people don't make more of an effort to discuss things honestly and to be possibly a bit empathetic towards the person who might have an issue. Like I always think it's worthwhile trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes when they come to you and they're upset or something's not right. I think if you can think about it from 
their point of view, then I think it's a really useful tool in hopefully trying to, you know, mend yeah. the bridges. Yeah. So it, it made no sense to me what happened. So I had a conversation on the pod recently with my friend Kessia about this issue, you know, about having that conversation. And she made this point, which was, but that takes effort. That takes energy. And sometimes you just don't have the energy to like get into that with somebody. You know, sometimes you're just happy just to let it just slowly slide away rather than have that conversation and explain yourself. So for me, friendships have different values, if you like. So you might have friends in your life who are more casual friends, um, friends that if for whatever reason they were no longer there, you wouldn't feel hugely upset or traumatised. And then you have other people in your life with whom you feel like you make a really strong or special connection with. And they are friends that you, I, put a much higher value on. So with a high value friend, as I call it, then I would jump buildings and swim rivers and do whatever stuff I needed to do to try and resolve any issues and to maintain and keep that friendship because it's really important to me. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is for you, you'd fight for a high-value friend and your expectation is that other people would fight for their high-value friends. And so the fact that she didn't fight for you means that she, you're assuming she considers you a low-value friend and that's what hurts so much? Well, she certainly didn't consider me a low-value friend to start with. I mean, I'd bet my life on that. I was high value and that was confirmed by the amount of effort and energy and interest and enthusiasm she showed for the friendship. So when you've experienced that, you know damn well when things are on the slide. Yeah. You know, it's it's so obvious. But your expectation of having those conversations between high value friends, that high value friends should be willing to have those difficult conversations. Well, not should, but... Can both things be true? Can she consider you a high-value friend but be unwilling to have that conversation? <laughs> Can I have an easier question? <laughs> you know, because, like, to me, she sounds like she's quite black and white. She's very hot or cold, you know? Yeah. She's yeah. either on and, you know, you're bathed in the glory or she's off and you're in the shadow and you're feeling cold and, you know. Yeah, that, that sums it up really well. Yeah. yeah, but then I'm just wondering if that perspective on high-value friends and what they owe each other is also, you know, it's either one or the other. You're either high-value and willing to have the conversation or you're low-value if you're not willing to have the conversation. That, too, is a little bit black and white. That's yeah. why I asked, could both things be true? This is like shades of grey shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I mean, any relationship changes over time. So... You can start off being a high-value friend and then mm. something happens in their life. For whatever reason, suddenly you don't have the shine for that person that you used to have. And I think that that appears to be a relatively common thing and you can apply that to lots of other areas of life too. We all get super enthusiastic about things and we're like full on for a period of time 
And then we kind of go, oh, well, actually, I might do something else today because I've done that a bit and I've had enough of that. Yeah. I think maybe some people treat friendships like that. Yeah. So tell us, how does this story end? (laughs) (laughs) So what happened was I did actually um, have a conversation with her on the phone about what had happened and how I was feeling and how I felt that I hadn't been told the truth which she flatly denied I think that in hindsight there was something that came up in text messages whilst things were on my part slowly falling apart and that was a reference to use of mobile phones in social situations so I have this great dislike of people in social situations or just in life generally who are so addicted to their phones that they are ignoring the people that they're in the company of. So I'm the first to admit I have a major issue with that Mm. because whether or not it's intended as a Mm. personal slight to my friendship group or to me, that's how I take it. So what used to happen with Pink was the mobile phone was a big go-to and it was becoming a more and more regular, bigger go-to as time went on. So it was always there, even when the friendship was good? Well, it was there, but not noticeably so. So it was much more noticeable because the frequency of the mobile phone use in my company uh, really picked up. So it was... Okay, so that was like another indicator that she's checked out of this friendship. Yeah, (laughs) to a degree, yeah. The message I got from her when I, because I just wanted to know why, you know, I just wanted to have some feeling of why things had changed and so far any attempts I'd made to try and find or get a why, why this had happened from her, I just got nowhere and all I wanted was to be able to maybe just a little bit understand what had happened. She did actually say it kind of slipped out, that um, she was actually pissed off because I used to snipe at her about the mobile phone use. Mm-hmm. And she's she's 100% accurate in that because I did, and that was coming from my feeling of, you know, I'm not worth enough that you can't spend time talking to me you need to look at your phone all the time so that was from my insecurity I guess about the status of the friendship and instead of putting my big girl pants on and addressing the issue and actually saying look I I actually find it quite hard that you're often talking on your phone when I'm wanting to interact with you so I do actually regret how I handled yeah, that yeah. aspect. And if I could go back and do that differently, I would. But having said that, I honestly don't believe that that would have changed the outcome. So that was all I got as a reason why in the end. The rest of it is just conjecture and I'm still guessing. So how did you leave it? Um, because I was having such a super strong feeling of being lied to even though that's definitely not how she sees it and I know that I just felt that I had to withdraw completely from the friendship so that was what happened 
And how did you do that? Did you announce that or has it just happened organically? It sort of happened organically. Um, it just became more and more uncomfortable and I just didn't feel equipped to deal with it anymore because I felt like I, she hadn't been honest with me. And for me, honesty, I don't care how bad the information is. If it's the truth, then I will deal with it. But if you're not honest with me, if you don't tell me the truth, then that's not part of what I want or need in a friend or indeed in probably any relationship, to be honest. So, Okay, so Claire and Pink are having a conversation. Think about the mobile phone snipings come out and here you are. What? Where to next? Could Claire have said something like, okay, I'm really hurt that you weren't able to be honest with me when I came to you about what's going on with us. And, you know, I'm still not really getting anything from you and I know something's up and you're not willing to talk about it or you haven't been willing to talk about it. Okay, fine. I can cop to the fact that I wasn't 100% honest with you either with my sniping. You know, I haven't exactly demonstrated open direct communication you know like what i should have said to you is you know what when you're on the phone when we're together i feel like you're not really here with me and you don't really want to be here with me and that hurts my feelings right i could have said that and i wasn't honest with you in that regard instead i was passive aggressive yep <laughs> yeah yep so how about we both hit reset on this friendship and i would really i want you to feel safe being honest with me and I can understand why you maybe don't because I've sniped at you and I'll try not to do that again. And if you can have a thing, come back to me with anything you want to share about how I've been in this friendship, I'm open to it. But there are people that like to talk about things and are willing to talk about things openly. Mm. And then there are other people who are not really, don't appear to be that willing and they just go instantly into the defensive mode. Yeah. yeah. So I think for me, I felt, I felt unwilling to try and reconnect because going to her the first time and talking to her the first time and then feeling like I was not given the actual truth. Mm. I think that was it for me. Mm. I, I'm not going to keep pushing a you know cow up a hill. Um, I'm yeah, and that again boils back to what I said earlier about I, I won't kind of push myself on people if I sense that things have changed and you know then I I withdraw. Yeah. So that was what I did. I thought I don't I don't want to go there again. I've kind of put it all out there. And I've been treated in a way that I'm very distressed about. And so I didn't feel I wanted to continue to put myself in that situation or to put myself back in that situation mm. to do what you just described, which was to try and acknowledge that I could have done things better. Um, I don't feel that, that that reconnect would have happened. And I guess... One thing that that was really apparent to me, you know, how in life we get these light bulb moments about stuff. One thing that occurred to me is I think I have a very 
frisky high horse that I jump on and trot around on often. And I've kind of, in the last few years, only just got in touch with that side of things. So I think a lot of my reactions to events and emotional upsets are based on me sitting on that horse and going, well, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't behave like that. How can she do that? You know, that kind of moral code that for some strange reason, I seem to think that it's okay to hold everyone up to what my standards are. But the bottom line is, is that that's bullshit. You know, I mean, you can't expect that. I can expect it of myself. I can live it for myself. But to put it out there that someone else is going to be at the same level as me on my high horse, it's not often going to happen, I don't think. And that's a huge thing to recognise, to see that high horse. <laughs> give, it a, give it a name and then say, not right now, thanks, Poncho, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's huge. So where else... Uh, has that high horse kind of come up in other friendship situations then that you can think of? It's potentially a big part of how I've lived my life, to be honest. I have what feels like a very highly defined sense of what is okay behaviour and what isn't, the, the world according to, to me. What happened uh, in the end after I decided that um, I didn't wish to put myself uh, in the path of any more of Pink's uh, way of being in a friendship. Mm. It's also been very enlightening to discover through conversations with a couple of other people that there have been very similar, not in the actual events, but very similar outcomes uh, to people who thought that they had quite a strong or good friendship with Pink. Mm. They felt that they were high-value friends. And the kind of outcome has been similar where suddenly all this enthusiasm for a friendship suddenly changes big time. These people, one in particular, was really left wondering what on earth had happened Mm -hmm. and why it had happened. And like myself, found it incredibly difficult to come to terms with it mm. because it's it goes back again to that lack of willingness to acknowledge someone's distress and be prepared to talk about it and resolve it it's kind of like that's not even an option when pinks decided that for whatever reason you're no longer mm. the flavor of the month then too and bad, like deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, no responsibility from her side. She's just moved on. Yeah, that's right. And and some of us are left going, well, what the hell happened? Mm. Like, where did that go? And why is it gone? Mm. And all those questions that, that come up when something happens that really catches you off guard and you're not expecting at all. Did you really miss her? <sighs> I was missing her a lot when I made the approach to her. Mm. Um, What did you miss the most about the friendship? uh, Doing things together that um, we both were really into and I had not had very many friends who were so into some of the things that I was into. Mm. 
so that was very flattering and like great you know and so what do you mean by flattering why is it flattering that somebody else has common interests to you well i guess maybe i mean it's flattering that someone is that keen to be friends with me that they appear to actually take on a strong interest in things that I'm interested in. So she wasn't previously interested in those things. You introduced her to things and she was open to them and you were like, wow, you're going to give this a go because well, I said, I suggested it. There might, there might have been a previous interest, but certainly not at the level that it was shown to be when we were, we were good friends. Yeah. If I meet somebody and we connect as friends and we end up having stuff in common, it's like how great for both of us. Whereas flattering is almost like a one-way thing. It's not a mutually beneficial thing. It's like you're going above and beyond in a way. To is make... there an element of you're going above and beyond to be my friend and I am flattered because it's not something I would expect? Yeah. It was about being so full on and so keen to be doing the things that I was doing and to work with me and to make things well it me. must be exciting it must be thrilling it must be validating like wow these my interests are interesting to somebody else that's super validating and yeah yeah and it's thrilling because wow i can like it's a new dimension of this interest that i've had by being able to share it with a friend exactly yeah yeah is that actually the way that pink makes these super strong connections by potentially going to that degree and making people feel that they're special and i think that's a big part of it because if she didn't have the ability to make people feel really special we those of us that have suffered the downfall of the friendship we wouldn't be probably quite so affected have Maybe. you have you had any other friendship comparable to this to the way she made you feel at the start? Uh, I have other friends that show interest in what I do. They're interested in my oh, life, sure. but this was a step up to this degree. Yeah. So probably, I guess the answer is no. I don't recall having yeah. anyone that was so keen to do the sorts of things that I love to do. Yeah. Because I'm aware of a thing in romantic relationships that's called love bombing, where you just overwhelm somebody with the love. You shower them with affection. And it's, it's like addictive. And the recipient is just like, wow, this is amazing. This is like all the romance novels and, you know, Christmas movies come at once. And this is the thing that everybody talks about and dreams of. And this is it everything all the boxes are being ticked like for me that raises alarm bells generally because it's like mm, this is too good to be true that's maybe because i'm a cynical bitch but you know <laughs> like, <laughs> but yes i'm aware of this thing and it is a behavioral thing yeah. that is done in in a romantic context and i'm just mm. wondering if i have to look into it but if it also happens you know in other relationships well, it, it sounds like it has similarities the intensity of the desire to be friends was probably a much higher level than anything that i'd experienced 
before. Your intensity, your desire? No, it hurts. But also yours, right? Because you, you're just like blown away and you want more, more, more. Oh, well, yeah, true. Yeah, right? Yeah. And, and that <laughs> might explain the withdrawal. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So you were friends for two to three years? Yeah. So would you say most of the friendship was good like that? Probably most of it. How has it changed the way you are with friendships? Because you said earlier that, you know, you don't, you're not really generally open to new friendships. And here's an example. Of, like, it's, it was a fairly new friendship if it was six, seven years ago, right? And this new friend came into your life and then two, three years later, she was, she had, you know, really fucked with you. Like, well, your peace of mind. Yeah, but that might have been her just being her and yeah. me just being my overly sensitive self. This is what she did. If she did it to a different personality, then the friendship still might be chugging along in some way, shape or form. Yeah. But because yeah. I was trotting around on my high horse going, well, how can she say that? Because something has obviously changed. So it, it, might, it might be as much about me <laughs> as it is about her because she thought everything was... Maybe she didn't even know. Maybe she didn't even know that she had withdrawn to the degree. Maybe it was unconscious. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe she just moved on. Maybe the novelty factor wore away. It settled into something that she didn't need, like, a hit off. But if somebody directly asks you that question... But maybe she's not even aware that she's got this pattern. For her, she's like, yeah, we're friends. And she hasn't even clocked that she's not in touch with you. Maybe she's found a brand new sparkling friend that all of her attention's going on. Yeah. And she's just doing the things she always does yeah. without the self-awareness yeah. to yep. even cop to what you're noticing. True. Yeah, quite possible. Sounds quite likely. You're saying you've met other people who've had similar experiences with her. Yeah. Where they've been yep. the sparkly new friend. It just sounds like her MO. Yeah. And so it's it's not personal. But it feels That's personal. right. And that's the problem. And that's why I ask, how has it changed the way you are with other friendships? Has this hardened your heart? It has definitely affected me, but I believe at an intellectual level that it has affected me so much because I haven't learned how to manage my emotional responses to situations like that. I haven't been able to connect the rational, practical side with the emotional, reactional side. Yeah. I've not been able to do that. So I can, I know what's happening, but without the tools to kind of make it okay, I get horribly affected by a lot of things that the average person wouldn't even sneeze at. Mm. What that means with friendships, where I am in my life, right, I'm in a really difficult place right now. So when you've experienced an awful lot of grief, loss and trauma Mm. in other areas of your life, how much confidence and energy you have in yourself to make new connections is questionable. Also, (laughs) you have to be feeling emotionally strong enough to deal with whatever the outcome of a attempted new connection might actually bring. It makes it so hard because on one level I know that I could just retreat and become a complete hermit because that would be the safest thing to do in a lot of ways. But then I also know that that's not really the way forward. You know, I might feel like that, but that's not actually going to make me 
work towards a happier, more fulfilled, purposeful life. Mm. I know that, but it just feels too hard, <laughs> to be honest. It's yeah, just right like, oh, this is the too hard basket. We'll just chuck it in there yeah. because I just, having felt like I have made a, a lot of effort over the last couple of years when my life has been pretty shitty to connect and make new friends, and I don't know if I'm giving off bad vibes or what's happening, but every time I make the effort, I'm putting myself out there, I'm getting nothing back. And so, I don't, again, I don't know if that's about me, what I'm projecting. So you're saying that there have been other people you've met since this friendship yeah, dissolved. Yeah. yeah. You've, put, you've kind of put out some feelers yeah, for a yeah. potential new friendship. Yeah, yeah. And it, there hasn't been any response. Or if there's been a response, then there's, again, been a connection and a friendship started. Yeah. And a perceived kind of, oh, this is great, I made the effort. Mm. And then that just stops. And there's no obvious reason that I can see, but it has. And I just didn't feel in a good enough space to go the conversation again with somebody around well I thought we were friends what happened yeah you know for me it's got to be two-way I'm there's yeah. I'm buggered if I'm doing all the work yeah you need a counter offer like I mean shit happens you need to cancel plans and if there's no counter offer then that's a pretty strong indicator that well that's right and so is. that was what I got the last time was you know was that there was no contact and I thought well here we go again but not on the same level as yeah, yeah. as pink. Yeah. Nowhere near on the same level, but still what felt like a really positive yeah. uh, connection. And then it just dissipates and, and that hurts. It's like um, no clear ground rules anymore. Well, there is if you trot around on a moral high horse and that's that's the issue. You know, you're trotting around on your own. That's Well, that's right, yeah. Lonely up there. It is. <laughs> I've started um, seeing a therapist recently and we, we're doing um, EFT, which is emotional freedom technique. I don't know if you've seen shit around tapping, like you tap parts of your body and your face and your skull. And, um, no. I don't, I don't know a hell of a lot about it. And then you say stuff while you're tapping. So, you, you know, and it's basically just the things you say is just allowing your feelings. So you might say something like, I'm hurt that this new friend doesn't want to see me anymore and you just keep repeating that right while you're tapping spots don't suggest you do this without uh, guidance but this process of just like repeating like it's okay for me to feel this this is how i feel and it's okay this is how humans feel humans are hurt when people that they're interested in don't reciprocate the interest i'm human i'm hurting it's okay yeah, but it's also human to move on and get on with your life, not to stay stuck it, in the circle. But this is the thing. So the rational part is like, just get over it, right? And the emotional part doesn't even get a chance to finish the fucking sentence before rational mind kicks in and goes, what are you talking about? Just get over it. So this particular technique is just actually, let's 100% acknowledge how we're feeling, validate it, accept it, and then we can move on then the rational mind doesn't even have to charge in because you've processed it you process the feelings yeah but the rational mind for me doesn't have the power that 
itself thinks it should have because my emotional side wins every time and my rational side hates that with a passion because I'm so practical and rational and I'm always want to fix things because hey that's what I do my whole life is about fixing things yes you know in a in a yeah. real way um and like my rational practical side hates the fact that my emotional side actually wins every time the rational mind thinks the emotional side wins every time it does yeah and does the emotional side feel like it's winning yeah absolutely it just reacts yeah. and it does its own thing and it reacts for as long as it wants and it doesn't matter how much the rational side shouts at it it's still doing its own thing maybe it keeps doing it because it's being shouted at it just what if the rational mind <laughs> shut the fuck up and just let the emotional mind feel what it's feeling and then it can get over it when you can't finish the sentence you keep trying to repeat yourself that's what's happening, I think, in the emotional mind. It's not getting to finish the sentence because the rational mind keeps jumping and going, enough already, enough already. No, I'm not listening. I'm not listening to you wallowing, you're self-indulgent. I know I, I say this because obviously I have direct experience. Personal experience. Mm. Look, for me, that seems to be where this particular kind of therapy is working is just let the emotion be. Stop beating yourself about it accept it it's okay it's where you're at right now it's not where you're going to be forever but it's where you're at right now and it's okay and you are having a human response well i've been having a human response for too long yeah <laughs> and that's a judgment i know but if that's the rational mind like again you're not working on my time scale according to my clock you should have moved on already <laughs> i don't know so have you seen her since, Pink? I saw her once very briefly at a social tennis day. What was it like? Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. Did you, let me get it clear, did you actually say to her, that's it, I'm done, or did you just kind of decide and let it just fall away? I didn't say I'm done in so many words, but it became more apparent to her that I was done through an event which was going to be the celebration of my one of my major birthdays. So I decided I didn't want her at my birthday party because when her and her partner were invited, Pink decided that she wasn't going to join in with what everyone else was going to be doing for my birthday party. She didn't want to be a part of that. Mm. But she did offer to bring some dessert that she knew that I like and in her mind that was compensation mm. enough for her not being prepared to join in with everyone and to do what I actually wanted. Yep. So I'm thinking like say you've organised like a golf day for your birthday and she's like look you know what I'm going to give the golf a miss but I'll see you later and I'll bring some chocolate mud cake because I know that's your favourite. Something like that. Mm. And for you, that was unacceptable. Yeah, it was. The high horse reared up onto its hind legs and said, you're either all in or you're all out. Well, it was not so much that. It was just a case of why is it... And it wasn't golf. You know, if it was golf, I could understand why she'd go, you know, get nicked. Um, it, it was just a fun day doing some fun activities. It wouldn't have cost her anything yeah. to have done that and joined in for someone who's supposed to be her friend 
And but, so, so but the she, activity you're pretty sure she would have been into? Well, no, but she used to run pretty hot and cold on joining in or not with... Like back when we had our larger social group, she would choose to set herself apart from that group and sit and read. Oh, so she's doing what she's always done. This isn't a new thing that she's decided just to fuck with you on your birthday. This is like what she's... You know this about her. Well, she... She's not one to join in, but I expect you to goddamn join in because it's my goddamn special birthday. And if you were my friend... You would do so. Man, who's... Why, well, you know, it wouldn't cost, wouldn't cost her anything. Oh, don't you do that for people that you care about? Some people do. Well, if, if I'd asked her to skydive, yeah. you know, I would understand her saying no. Okay, here I am. I'm pink. I don't like to join in all the time. She knows this about me. Yeah, but she turns Why that off. she let this no. go? She turns wouldn't that off and on Wouldn't you do that for tap? people you care about? Wouldn't you just accept people for who they are if you really care about them instead of making them join in and do something that that they're not really into why can't she just accept that about me and look and i know i know that i'm i'm gonna disappoint her so i'll make this counter offer yeah with the dessert that i know she loves to show her that i'm still thinking about her and she's special to me yeah you're absolutely right i mean i agree i agree with what you're saying but the problem was was that (laughs) The problem with that, right, now that you say all that, I can see how that makes sense and I can see that I actually had really no right. I had No, hope. you did what you did. I had I'm, not, I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just no, saying no. what about this? Yeah, yeah, what no. if? Well, yeah, absolutely. But the thing was, you see, I was in such distress at that point. Well, the friendship had gone down the toilet yep. as far as I was concerned. Oh. So I was already in such distress. So over the loss of the friendship and so to me i wasn't able to be rational and look at it the way that you've just stated it which is is make, makes perfect sense right but i was upset and distressed and i didn't even really want to invite her mm. to my birthday celebration and when mm. i did that was the response i got was yeah. that i'm not going to join in yeah you see, so in a different... Buzz, why did I even bother trying to take the higher ground with this woman? Here I am trying to meet her halfway and she wants me to come even further. Fuck you, lady. Pink. <laughs> interesting. Well, it is. It is very interesting because you could argue anything that happens to you. Your reaction to it, I think, is dependent on where you are, yeah. where your headspace is, what kind of That's shape, right. sh- what kind of emotional shape you're in at the time. Totally. That this thing gets chucked at you. Yeah. You know. So. And we all do this, right? Like, in the present moment, forget all the history. Just in that moment, taking it at face value, you could have been like, "Oh, that's a really nice counter offer. No problem. I'll see you later with the cake." It's like for me when, when I talked about my friend Chrissy Hind and, you know, driving to the place where we'd go for our walks. And with any other friend, it wouldn't be an issue. I'd drive. I don't mind. But with her, I'd already had this tally going on in my head. <laughs> yeah. But again, in the present moment, putting all of the history aside, there's no problem with me driving us to where we're going to go walking. And this is what we do. We taint shit with all of the history. But that's 
really not relevant to going for a walk right now with my friend and I know we're going to have a good chat, etc. Et yeah, but it's all very well to say that, which is true, but at some point you have to draw a line in the sand, don't you? Because you can give and take or aspects of a friendship can be unequal and you can accept that and yeah. everything's fine because you choose to accept it. You know, you accept that like the podcast I listened to with the triangle. You know, she accept, She decided to accept her friend with all of her... Oh, the love triangle. Yeah, but there's got to be... Smith. Yeah, but there's got to be a cut-off point, doesn't mm. there? Because at some point, if somebody does like something violent towards you right oh totally you're yeah. not just gonna go oh well that's okay yeah. she's a great friend and i really love her and we have share a lot in but common that's not what we're talking about we're talking about slights what i'm saying is where do you draw the line between what? making the distinction which is something you can choose to accept yeah because you have that option don't you but when does something venture into an area where if you accepted whatever that was it actually would be unhealthy, not in your best interests. Sure. Like, I mean, so where's, where do you draw that line? No doubt the line needs to be drawn. But what I'm saying is in each of my friendings, we haven't even been anywhere near the line. And I've, I've still, you know, opted out because of my own bullshit. It doesn't sound like you guys were anywhere near a line where you're going to draw you know, draw it and go, no, this is now dangerous for my health. Thank you very much. But nothing that she did, right? And that was the same with my friends. And, you know, Fern and her just kind of going, you know, I just decided I'm going to, like, let it all go because yeah. she's fucking amazing. Now, Fern could have gotten on her high horse, and but I'm never late. If you're late, you're disrespectful of my time. You think your time is more important than mine. How can I be friends with somebody who actually values their own time more than they value mine? Like, and mm. that all sounds really valid. Mm. But she let that shit go. Mm. But she, how did she let it go? I think maybe there was a calculus. She's like, there's all this other stuff that she brings into my life that nobody else brings. And I will let that shit go because that's her imperfection. That's her being human. And I know I've got my shit that other people give a pass to all the time. Shit that I'm not even aware of that people are being gracious about, right? And that's how we all have to be with each other. And this is the problem with the high horse. The high horse operates in a mindset of I'm perfect, I'm flawless. No, it doesn't. Well, it's close to. No, it's, no, I disagree. I'm better than that. I wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't no, do that. No, it's, no, it's that's, not. That's how it works. No, no, because you're putting it in the context of I'm perfect. Okay, forget I'm, I'm perfect. I'm better. But, but I am better. No. I would not do that thing you are doing right now, and it is unacceptable that you are doing that thing because I would never do it. But it, I never, I've never ever consciously had the thought that I am better. It's not about being better. It's about setting your own bar for your own standards. There's no judgment about whether that's better or not. But this is, set the bar for yourself. This is what, yeah. it is. you know, like people say, oh, I couldn't do that as a matter of principle. It's a matter of principle. And always, what I used to say that. And now I realize for me, the principles are about me. I don't put my principles on other people. So if I don't do something as a matter of principle, that's fine. 
But if I object to what other people are doing because it doesn't align with my principles, that's a problem. Principles are for me, not for anyone else. Yeah. And just because I have a certain bar height that my high horse likes to jump over, yeah, it doesn't mean that I consider myself to be better or perfect. It just means that this is how I choose. But you're applying that to how other people operate. You should be the same. Uh, what did you call it? A high-quality friendship versus a low-value high value friendship? My bar for high-value friendships is regular communication, blah, blah, blah. You are not reaching that bar. <laughs> my bar for my special birthday is that you must participate in all said activities, sign contract here, dotted line. <laughs> no? Little bit? Just a little bit? <laughs> we all do it. I'm not picking on you. Shit. You know? <laughs> like, and this is, this is why it's so good to talk about and do this kind of post-mortem. And that, and that was something that you say in the beginning of your podcast about how people tend not to talk about the endings of friendship. So I disagree with that from my own perspective because I have talked about the ending of the friendship with Pink mm. ad nauseum. <laughs> still going. <laughs> still going. Um, and so... I forgot what I was going to say. No, we do. We talk about it. Like, I've talked oh, about yeah, yeah, my yeah. friendings yeah. with... with friends who then when they hear the pods they know who I'm talking about yeah 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 but like we don't talk about it like I mean as a broader social thing like hey this is a thing that we're all struggling with it's almost like this kind of thing off to the side this thing happened and it's all angsty and the reason I think I keep talking about it is because on some level it, it actually hasn't been resolved no it's not resolved I haven't been able to just accept that we had this really special connection, I thought. It lasted for a period of time and then it changed. So again, this is where I refer to my rational, practical self and my <laughs> emotional self because that's the disconnect. It's having something happen to you which really emotionally upsets you and then this internal struggle between yeah. the rational, practical, get over it side to the sensitive, emotional, oh, I'm upset side, that's why it never gets resolved because they haven't learned how to talk to each that's other right. yet. They haven't learned how to be in the same body together. Yes. So where's the freaking answer to that? That's what I want to know. Well, where's the recipe for that? There's a fabulous book called No Bad Parts by Richard E. Schwartz. And it's this new model for looking at ourselves and reconciling that inner conflict. And it's that we're not like one single personality. We're actually made up of multiple parts that, you know, all have different ideas and different roles about how we should be in our lives. I cannot recommend it enough. And that's what this is, like your rational part and your emotional part. And then there'll be other parts, you know, that are coming in and managing and putting out fires. And then underneath it all is they're like exile parts which don't ever get a voice. The thing that freaks me out is I've been living like this for my whole bloody life. I know, and it's and I've exhausting. Been... Exactly. You're and, so over it. And, and just the thought that things could change in any real way. Like, people say lots of words. You've said lots of words, and I can relate to a lot of the words that you've said. But words are only words. So unless you find the pathway to 
morph those words into something you can actually feel, because that's the disconnect here, then they're just words, aren't they? No, you have to like get quiet and experience, like go get inside. Quiet. Go inside. like sit down and do nothing? Yeah, fat chance. <laughs> Problem, you know, not do nothing because well, words and action they're all the same, right? They're all just like covering up what's really going on inside, so it's about getting still and yeah, quiet. and that's the problem. Why? Well, because I don't do that because that's you that's get... that's how I've lived the life that I've lived and up until now. You just said how your life's been going for you so far, so and you're getting mighty sick of it, right? So you're at that point now where you're ready to try some new shit. And that's how it goes for all of us. We keep it up until we realize this is just not working anymore. And I need to try something completely different. And that's when it comes in. The insight, yeah. the integration. Because you're just done playing that same game. And some people never get to that point. They're quite happy. Talking, moving, action, covering over. They never get to the stillness. To really no, look at what's well, that's going because on. they don't obviously need to. They might not need to, that's true, because life's working out for them on some level. And, you know, your life has worked for you on some levels. On level. some levels. Absolutely. That's why well, we keep it up. There's yeah. always a reward. We keep it up because it hasn't occurred to us that it could be different or things could be different or yeah. I could feel different. So you keep doing what you're doing until the shit gets so heavy that you can't carry it anymore. Yeah. And then you're going, well... Oh, on some level, actually, my life is good in so many ways. And then when I look at this, like what I've been doing, how I've been so emotionally overreacting and drained for years over all sorts of stuff, which I take personally. Mm. And I'm thinking, it's just not good news to know that I've been doing it wrong for the last 63 years. Like, you know, it's like... Why is it taking me this long? It feels, I don't know, it feels like a waste. I know it's not a waste, but it, on one level it yeah. feels like yeah, a waste. The fact that, normal. you know, I've struggled so much with this for my whole life and then suddenly I'm at a point where I'm actually actively acknowledging it. I'm actually actively considering engaging to try and make a change because I know that on some level that's what needs to happen. Mm. And then the other side of it is, well... I'm so freaking tired, emotionally exhausted from everything I've been through in the last two and a half years. Where am I going to get the energy to try and do it differently? Where am I going to get the energy to accept that I've actually not actually been in touch with my emotions and I've just been like working you, at this frantic pace? You said it before. It's not about energy. You're actually putting stuff down. You're going to be putting all that shit down. It's going to give you energy. I'm going to wrap it up here because yeah, we've good. covered a lot of ground, right? We've covered, like, isn't it? This is the thing. Friendships as a way to better understanding ourselves, our other relationships. It's all connected. Nothing really operates in isolation, I think. So thank you for sharing the story of your friending with Pink. You've been super open, <laughs> you know, yeah. and open-minded too. You know, looking at some of the things that I've thrown your way. And so I really appreciate that as well. And I hope you know that it's not me having a go, but it's more just like trying to open stuff up. Yeah, well. And I, if you listen to the show, which I know you do, you, you know what you can expect, maybe. 
Yes, absolutely. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's not about wallowing. There's certainly room for wallowing, but it's also about, like, kind of going, all right, what's not so much, nothing as pat as, oh, what's the learning? But just, you know, what else am I seeing now that maybe I didn't see before? Yeah. And how much of the angst have I created for myself? That <laughs> wasn't actually my friend creating the angst. It was my thoughts about the friend. Thank you so much again, Claire. It's been a You're pleasure. Welcome. Thanks for having me, I think. You probably need a rest now. It's been exhausting, maybe. I do. I think I need a strong drink. Well, I'm going to cook you some lunch. So, um, <laughs> and we got to get moving. Um, thank you again. You're welcome. Okay, so there was a lot there that Claire and I spoke about. As usual, I'm blown away by just how open my guests are and how willing each of them have been to try on a different way to look at things. It was so clear how hurt Claire was by the way this friendship just unraveled. And we've all been there, right? Where we think we've got this great thing going and then it just sort of falls away and you don't really understand why and it's just so hard not to take that stuff personally. If we can just hold the possibility that People have got their own stuff going on. They've got their own sort of ways of being in relationship that existed well before we came into their lives and will probably continue well after our lives diverge. If only we could remember not to take it so personally while at the same time being able to hold some compassion for those people in that those ways they've developed of being have been a response to all the stuff they've been through in life. I'm sure I've heard somewhere that our personalities are basically just a conglomeration of different coping mechanisms that we've developed through our lives. And if that's true, then how can we not have compassion for people even when they're letting us down? And also compassion for ourselves when we're not at our best, instead of hurrying ourselves along to get over it, stop wallowing, etc. When I checked in on Claire after I sent through a rough edit of our chat, she said it was interesting listening back the second time that she actually got a lot out of it. Now, I don't know if that's a function of having that extra distance from the experience through telling the story and then hearing it back as an audience rather than as the participant. Claire was worried that she repeated herself too much talking about the rational side and the emotional side and I don't really see it that way but also isn't that what we do in our own heads all the time? We just keep repeating, playing the same shit on a loop. Maybe being able to listen back to ourselves kind of interrupts that program that's running all the time. I think at the end of the day, a lot of our self-learning, development and healing comes about as we use different tools and modalities that effectively interrupt the programming, whether it's meditation, mantras, hypnosis, tapping, EMDR, art therapy, coaching. As I mentioned in my conversation with Claire, I'm trying out EFT or emotional freedom technique at the moment with a therapist. There's a ton of research supporting its efficacy in healing trauma, PTSD, chronic pain, all kinds of stuff. I also regularly use the work by Byron Katie, and this is really useful in keeping me from spiraling. The premise of the work is that just because a thought appears in our minds, we don't necessarily have to believe it, that a lot of our suffering is the result of doing just that, taking each thought bubble as the truth. 
Byron Katie also has a podcast where she coaches people. Now, this is a hard recommend. Another tool I've used to interrupt the programming is IFS or Internal Family Systems, an arm of psychology developed by Richard E. Schwartz. It's really quite remarkable and approaches the personality as comprising many different parts. I could try and explain it further here, but I don't want to butcher it. But this is another heart recommend. I'll link to EFT, the work and IFS in the show notes if you're interested in checking either one of these out or all of them. However we do it, interrupting the programming seems to be something we should take every opportunity to do. All right, I'll leave it there. Thanks again for being a friend of the show. Do tell a friend about it if you think they might get something out of it. I will see you next time. Friendings has been created by me, Sabina Shah, on Paramount Country. Writing, production and sound engineering also by yours truly. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate and review or tell your friends about it. It really helps, so thank you for that. Feel free to get in touch via Instagram at friendings.show. Oh, 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 oh,